It is the second gun attack in the area of South Bradford in six hours. Nobody was hurt in the first attack, so the gang responsible was not satisfied. Asleep in the early hours, a husband and wife awoken to horrifying sights and sounds, three screaming masked men pointing a gun at them. All murder's horrible, but this is a particularly horrible, nasty murder. Colin Sutton, senior former detective. Both in the way that it was carried out and, and actually in kind of the way that the victim was killed. Uh, the victim was Barry Selby, who, who lived in Bradford, and uh, in his own home, he was the home was stormed by uh, at least three men. Uh, he was shot in the leg, possibly as a warning or as you know as a, a, a demonstration of force, but then had acid poured over him, and it was the acid that actually killed him. It was the acid attack, not the shot in the leg. Barry Selby's wife Donna was forced to listen as she hid from the attackers. Days later, Barry Selby died in appalling pain. A group of people forming the CBS reality jury were shocked. Horrible. It's just revolting, doing that sort of... You know, this is, this is not just a revenge thing. This is... Yeah, it was sending a message, wasn't it, I think, probably, yeah. in, in a weird way. Mm. It's, um, unless you're not of, you know, of sound mind, you know an amount of acid poured on someone... It's going to, it's, it's, it's going to, it's going to cause yeah. serious damage. And you've gone in with suffering. acid, carrying this, carrying this stuff, with carrying the intention out, right? to yeah, do that. What a horrific... The Homewood community of Bradford, a place where crime is not uncommon, helped the police. People were appalled at the severity of the attack on Barry Selby. It's, it's obviously something that was done to make a point. It's something that's done for show and to prove that there was power and fearlessness amongst people who were enemies to him. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's a particularly vicious murder. Three men were arrested. Later, a fourth, Andrew Feather, allegedly the getaway driver, was to join them in the dock as they faced charges of murder. All were found guilty. But a remarkable piece of DIY investigative work by his father has cast doubt on the conviction of Andrew Feather. There was some... Detective work done by uh, Andrew Feather's family. Uh, it was it was a very good piece of work, and you know, arguably a piece of work that could have been done and should have been done by the investigators in the first place. But there was a, a vehicle visible on the CCTV, which was a lorry that had sign writing on it, and and they were able to speak to the firm that owned the lorry, and they were able to check tachograph records, and it was proved that the timing on the CCTV footage for that part of the evidence was out by a considerable margin, 20 minutes or so. For CBS Reality, 12 specifically selected citizens were asked to revisit the case before reaching their own verdict. In this podcast, we are able to eavesdrop on their deliberations. You will hear from Defence Barrister Matt Stanbury and former Metropolitan Police Senior Detective Colin Sutton. As you do, you too will be placed in the same position as the jury. As you consider the evidence, you might well ask, should Andrew Feather be serving a minimum of 20 years in prison for murder? Has a miscarriage of justice allowed a killer to remain free? I'm Will Hanrahan, and this is The Jury Room Podcast. Joint enterprise is a controversial criminal doctrine. Famously, it was used in the case of Derek Bentley. Then, in 1952, a 16-year-old shot dead a policeman. 
He did not face the death penalty, but Bentley, who was with him and had allegedly said, let him have it, did. Hanged even though he had not killed, the Bentley Joint Enterprise case is notable in English legal history. Andrew Feather faced a murder charge under the same Joint Enterprise doctrine. The prosecution stated that he was the getaway driver. Um, his gold astra was seen on CCTV. Tracy McCabe, chosen as the foreperson by our CBS reality jury room, considers with other jurors the evidence against Feather. Four men um, were seen running um, on CCTV also. Um, he was searching Facebook um, for info on the first shooting um, and there was the witness um, who heard men talking and then on investigation saw um, a gold Astra and Andrew Feather owns a gold Astra. Bell. It was also established that he knew, he knew the gang and yeah. uh, he was known in, in the, that criminal fraternity and he had a nickname, a sort of gang nickname, Bogart. Bogart, a name used by Andrew Feather which got him into a lot of trouble. It led directly to his arrest. One of the men convicted of the attack on Barry Selby gave that name and dictated a mobile telephone number, which turned out to be Feathers, to a fellow prisoner. He told him to get in touch with Bogart. The police believed they had found their getaway driver. They also alleged that Feather had provided the gun used for the crime. The link between the killers and Bogart made an impression on the jury. They suggested to a prisoner that they contact Bogard to dispose of something. It'd be really interesting to know what, what they yeah. were suggesting they, yeah. he could dispose... What, what was it he could dispose of? Yeah, exactly. Why would they bring um, his name up? Yeah. Because he was supposedly a, a good mate. You don't bring your mate in to yeah. an investigation and sort of put their name forward, do you? <laughs> well, I mean, that was by accident, really, Even wasn't it? They didn't, do, they didn't do it on purpose. But what no, was but he disposing of? And he's obviously well-known for being able to... The man that can. Yeah, yeah, the man that can. He's obviously relied on to do something. Juries, juries look at these things as, as they should do, as reasonable, ordinary people, and, and say, you know, if, if, if somebody's coming forward and says that they were told about it and they produce the right phone number and the right nickname, which was known to a small group of people, that's, that's convincing, isn't it? You know, that convinces them that there must be, some, there must be something and some truth, a great deal of truth in, in what's being said. Facebook played a role in the events on the night. Why would Andrew Feather have been reading pages of Facebook at 3am about the earlier shooting, one the prosecution at first alleged Feather had also been involved with, as the getaway driver and possibly the armourer who provided the gun? Not all jurors found the Facebook evidence important. With Facebook, I mean, especially living in a, a local estate, I mean, if, if a shooting was to happen, within 10 minutes of that shooting, that would be on Facebook. Everybody would be looking, yeah. yeah. So it's not necessarily an admittance to guilt. It's, yeah. um, everyone's going to be looking, looking up because he's going to be out in that area at, at that time. It is slightly suspicious, though, how he is searching for that, that event on Facebook. I do find that, like, if, it, if he did see it, then there is, like, he does have an interest, so he wants to know what's going on. So for me, I, I kind of think that he might have known. At 3 o'clock in the morning, not that many people are going to be awake. Yeah, maybe the very, very um, immediate... Um, I mean, vicinity would hear the original shots, yeah. but I don't understand why lots of people would be on Facebook okay. sharing stuff at 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I agree. 
The original jury weighed up the prosecution case, which was, put simply, that a gold Astra was seen on CCTV around the time of the killing. Feather owned such a car, that he had been on Facebook looking at posts about the first shooting of the evening, that he knew the gang who had reached out to him whilst they were on remand, and that four, not three men, had been captured on security cameras not far from where Feather's car was later found. Other evidence was offered. A witness had heard voices near to Feather's car. Feather used his right to silence in court and only later said that he was out on the roads that night, driving his car with a girlfriend. The fact that, that Feather says that he was out with his girlfriend but had nothing to do with the murder, um, I guess one view of that might be that you, he has to say something to justify his, the presence of his car on the CCTV. And, um, you know, a, a nameless, yes, I was out driving with my girlfriend, is perhaps the best way of doing that because there's nothing there that needs to be confirmed or can be checked, you know. It's not as if he said, yes, I was driving to the 24-hour McDonald's where the CCTV that could prove whether that's true or not. He offers a sort of explanation, but one that can't be checked and, and, and doesn't need any proof to back it up. Indeed, he doesn't back it up by producing the girlfriend he says he was out with. Indeed, he never said anything at all. He maintained his right to silence throughout. To me, anyone that suddenly yeah. goes, no comment, no comment, no comment, why would you do that? Yeah, As an innocent course, person, yes. why do you definitely say no comment? To me, no straight away, they're guilty. There is a time to say I, was, speak up, yes. I was definitely, I, you beat me to it, I was definitely going to say the same thing, like, if I was going, like, if I was being accused of that, and knowing that, like, I could be going down for murder or whatever I'd like that, sure. I would not stop talking until I prove my innocence. Yeah, because I think that's just a big thing. Like, yes. why would yeah. you not say anything? At the very least, if I'm you are my not guilty. Yeah. yeah. Well, so suddenly, yeah. suddenly, this girlfriend comes in on on, on appeal. Mm. That, that is very fishy. Because you'd say that if you were with your girlfriend, you'd say so right yeah. away. And where is she? If you put the whole situation and the whole evidence together you've got a man who is provably out and about has got proven associations with the gang that committed the murder it then is incumbent on him to come back and say well no, do you know actually i can explain this and he didn't but he did explain why his car may have been seen he was with a girlfriend and feather also claimed that security images from around the city did not show his gold astra but an indeterminate light colored car indeed the prosecution eventually accepted that feather was not involved in the first shooting the police had made a mistake in identifying a car as feathers the prosecution also dropped the charges against feather as the so-called armorer who supplied the weapon Matt Stanbury believes the jury should have seriously considered a not guilty verdict. At best, this was a circumstantial case, and the defence would say, really, that this was a case that was hanging together by a thread. The police had put forward a theory. They might think it was a very nice theory, a very plausible theory, but in the end, the defence would say, look, this was just a theory, and you can't attach any weight to the fact that you have a sighting of, for example, a light-coloured vehicle, and that that happens to fit in with a police and prosecution theory as to how uh, uh, the vehicle of the getaway driver, they would say Andrew Feather's vehicle, has been travelling. The defence say, look, that simply isn't enough, that's not persuasive to be able to 
say, well, we've got X number of weak sightings, therefore that, that produces in turn uh, a strong case. Nobody could ever realistically suggest that this was a strong case against Andrew Feather. The jury did not agree. Feather was found guilty and sentenced to life. But the story does not end there, and the CBS reality jury was able to hear new evidence based on the remarkable work of Andrew Feather Sr. A CCTV camera at a place called The Gold Shop seemed to establish the Gold Astra was on the road in South Bradford at a crucial time. But a closer look at all of the footage from cameras that night threw up an anomaly for Andrew Feather's father to exploit. He spotted uh, on uh, one of the uh, pieces of footage from the gold shop camera uh, a lorry which had a chicken on, on the side of it. Uh, and from that, he was able to discover who it belonged to. And then he asked them whether they had uh, a tachograph for the lorry. And the tachograph is something that lorries have uh, attached to them so that their progress can be monitored. So having got that tachograph, uh, he had it examined, and the significance of that was that the tachograph was then able to time the presence of that heavy goods vehicle at that location, the gold shop, at the time that was shown on the camera. Uh, and the time that the tachograph showed was a different time from the time that was shown on the camera. Uh, and that was critical because the prosecution's case was heavily dependent upon a case theory that included a route which depended on these various vehicles having travelled at various locations at different times and different sightings. And if you knocked out one of those sightings, then of course the prosecution's whole route begins to fall apart. Uh, and the tachograph was examined by an expert who said that it was reliable and that the gold shop camera was therefore not reliable. Are, are you not impressed by the, the father's um, diligence in tracing this lorry with a chicken on it? And no, I'm no? not. Most I mean, parents would do that. Uh, well, you wouldn't, you, wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't do it if you knew he was guilty. No, most parents it. don't think their children are guilty. Yeah. You prove them innocent. Difficult to accept. Yeah, no matter what, no matter what your child would do, you do whatever it takes. I feel like there's an element of I couldn't imagine my son or daughter doing that. So there's no way that they have. Or that they got caught up in something they didn't understand. Is joint enterprise the fact that he was found guilty on joint enterprise? I think I would find that quite difficult to cope with. Yeah. To be honest, if it was if it was my child. I mean, the big thing. Sorry, in what way, Nicole? Well, because he didn't necessarily know what was going on in that yeah. house. He might have just thought they were just going to frighten Barry. That's the big yeah. question. Um, and it's yeah. turned into a horrific murder. Some on the CBS reality jury were not impressed by the work of Andrew Feather Sr. For the prosecution, rebutting the new evidence that he had unearthed was crucial. If the appeal court felt that the timings showing the gold Astra on the road at a different time than the prosecution claimed was important... Andrew Feather might see his conviction quashed. Would the issue affect the strength of the prosecution case? The defence said, well, of course it would, because your presumed route was a massive part of the case. And once you start to cast doubt on those sightings, having already cast doubt upon the fact that Andrew Feather was the driver in the earlier shooting, and indeed disproven that he was the driver in the earlier shooting, then the case is falling to bits, the defence would say, in front of the jury's eyes, and they could never be sure that Andrew Feather was guilty.
But the point of the CCTV footage, argued the prosecution, was to place Feather's car on the road in the early hours of the day of the murder and not far from the scene. The timings on security camera images did not have to be precise. Which argument would the appeal court accept? Would precise timing be important or unimportant? That was really belt and braces. That was really sort of additional evidence that wasn't really relevant. What that was trying to do, because it was almost an hour before the attack, it was trying to kind of prove that, uh, that uh, Andrew Feather was out and about driving around and how he got to the scene of the crime. The, the, the appeal court was obviously conscious of the fact that these issues had been explored at the trial. There's no doubt that they were. The reliability of the sightings was explored at the trial. The reliability of the timings was explored at the trial. And in the end, the appeal court said, well, look, this isn't enough. This material was available to the defence at the time. The CCTV footage was available to the defence at the time. They could have had it examined at the time. If they really thought it was important or if it was important, they said, well, it all would have been aired at the trial. Uh, and in the end, they said, look, this evidence isn't sufficient uh, as to cast doubt on the safety of the conviction. It doesn't add enough to the issues that were explored at the trial. And the court wasn't satisfied that this would have made a difference or might have made a difference to the jury's decision had they known about it. And for that reason, they dismissed the appeal. In the CBS reality jury room, 12 ordinary citizens were asked to deliver a verdict of their own. And unlike the original jury, they could consider the new evidence. Would they be convinced? Or would they stick with the prosecution case? What part of the prosecution case was convincing them? He knew the gang. He knew of, he knew, he knew of them. They knew of him very well. They gave his number in prison, his yes, name. Um, and he was, he was searching that case on Facebook. Mm. And it's reasonable to believe he knew something of what happened that night. Yeah, when they called him, the big question is, even though he may have knew of that first case, so he was, in effect, you know, given going to pick up criminals, um, but was he go did he know he was picking up murderers? He was driving around at 1 to 2 o'clock in the morning. It's been proved he wasn't the armourer, he wasn't the one, that's been dismissed, so he wasn't supplying a gun, OK? So the CCTV shows a car that might be, well, it probably is his, parked near, near the house, but also they show a car similar to that driving around, which he admits anyway. Ten jurors were needed to find Andrew Feather guilty in the jury room. In turn, they were asked for their verdict. Uh, I'm going to start with Bryn, 30 years a policeman. Uh, do you find Andrew Feather guilty or not guilty? Guilty. And next to you, Gerprit, work in a shop, you live in the back country. Do you find Andrew Feather guilty or not guilty? Guilty. Kerry, do you find Andrew Feather guilty or not guilty? Guilty. And Janet, a nurse next to you, do you find Andrew Feather guilty or not guilty? Not guilty. Join the jury on the CBS reality programme to see what the outcome of the TV trial of Andrew Feather was. The defence team believe Andrew Feather's case should be examined again by the Criminal Cases Review Commission. They think him not guilty. What do you think? Put yourself in the position of the original jury sitting shortly after the murder was committed. Is Andrew Feather the killer under the Joint Enterprise Doctrine? Consider the new evidence. Is he guilty or not guilty? What is your verdict? You can watch the full episodes on CBS Reality. Join me, Will Hanrahan, next time on the Jury Room Podcast 
as we consider another case of a convicted murderer protesting their innocence. Thank you.